It's that time of the week once again. Octagon Odds is back ahead of UFC 268. And before we get into any of that and any of this week's bets, we've got UFC 267 that went down on Saturday night to run through all of that. George Hardy is back with me. So is Ross Beaumont. Lads, we were just talking about some iconic UFC at the weekend. Um, give me your initial reactions. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it was it was crazy, weren't it? We all watched it. Um, I watched it with, with the boys. It was, a, it was a pretty mad one. Some things were surprising. Um, some things were bad. I think consistently it was, a, it was an unbelievably good UFC now, I reckon. There was a lot of favourites winning, actually. Um, but the one favourite that didn't win was obviously Jan Bohovic Ross. Um, with Glover becoming the new champ, 42 years old, that's really something, isn't it? <laughs> That is something. Is that the oldest champ? That the is the second oldest. The oldest ever. Second oldest. That's mad. Who got who tops him? <sighs> you put me on the spot, and I was oh because I know he's the second oldest, but I can't. We should guess. We should guess. Adam, Adam, I'll look up the answer and we'll guess. I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll have a think throughout the rest of the episode. See if we All come right. back to that because the oldest. Because yeah, Glover's hey. forty-two. So we're looking somewhere north of 42. North of 42. Oh, um, oh, uh, um, I know who it is. Yeah, yeah stop typing. Stop's gonna be a heavy, <laughs> it's gonna be, is it gonna be a heavyweight? No, it's not. It's um 42. Oh my god, I can see I, for some reason his name just gave me like a picture of his face in, in my mind. What wait? He's like an LG guy. Oh, you know what I mean, Adam. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Oh, his, his name's escaping me for some reason. Oh, is it Randy Couture? Yeah, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah, right. Let me nice. check who the, UFC, who the oldest UFC champion of all time. Because I pictured him when he came back. He come back and he beat Chuck or something. I remember. I don't, obviously didn't watch it then, but I've seen. That's I've looked right. back. Uh, what's this Bleacher Report 10 oldest champions in UFC history Randy Couture is the oldest UFC champion in history how did he win it he came back and he beat the champ maybe like Tim Means or Chuck or yeah I'm pretty sure you have to beat the champ in order to <laughs> yeah that's how it works I think isn't it? <laughs> yeah but yeah that is 45 years, four, 45 years and four months he was. Okay, when he was 45. That's crazy. Who did yeah, he win it boy. against? Who did he win it against? I'm just looking now. Why, would, why doesn't it say that? <laughs> this article doesn't say who he won it against. But um, It was a big thing he came back and won it. Oh, right. Okay. Won, Tim Sylvia. Tim, I said UFC Tim champ. Means. That was so close. Look at that. It's all been on the Selective tip of my memory. <laughs> it's all been on the tip um, of my But yeah. Okay. But 42 is something. Because that was, that was years ago. Like in modern day UFC to win it at 42 and have fought as many times as Glover had. He's had like, I think, I think Saturday was his 39th professional fight or something. Is. Mental. Mental, really, isn't it? Yeah. And Jan just looked absolutely shook after that first round. Glover played it so well, just absolutely controlled the first round, made Jan like scared of the just the threat of the takedown. Um he obviously obviously got outclassed on the ground, didn't have an answer for Glover, and then he, bo- he bopped him with that round. big bopped him with that big overhand left as well, yeah. wasn't it? And just the takedowns as well. He shook him on the feet as well. So I he think didn't look good, when did he? It, 
I was just disappointed scary. with him. Yeah, he just looked too timid. Like after that first round, as I say, like he must have just been too cautious about that takedown coming. More yeah. of the same happening in there, but he just he like even his, his boxing, he just looked like he was pulling his punches and weren't committing to anything. And psh, fair play to Tashira. But me and but yeah. we have to we have to remember that me and Ross got Tashira on by submission. So Hell yeah. Yeah, so one big I mean, call finally for the boys. <laughs> Can we get finally. a round of applause? Yeah, finally well green. done, lads. Well done, lads. <laughs> well, we'll go. We'll go to the. We'll go to the books now already. If you want, I know it's early in the show to go to the books, but since you've brought it up, Saturday night, you two boys were leading the way for the Octagon odds last this this week with the profit. Um, obviously, Ross, you put up five bets in total. Um, you had four losers selectively, a few of them, Jan round four TKO, Sandhagen TKO, um, and both and the Acker that you gave me um, all missed. Hardy for you, obviously you also gave me an Acker that missed because we all we all went heavy on Marcin Tybora, which maybe we can chat about later. I'd blow it. Yeah, true. Jan was at the, the end of <laughs> yeah. all my Ackers, which let mine down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, four four bets lost for you two, but one big one lands at seven to one. Glover via submission gives you a nice seventy pound profit for the nine. Um, sorry for that bet, and then overall gives you thirty pound profit each for the nine. Can I say so, congratulations <laughs> to you both? That does, as Ross alluded to, take you both back into the green, out of the red, George. If you if you'd put ten pounds on all George Hardy's bets since we started Octagon Odds, you would have ten pounds profit right now. Get in in the in the fucking green boys. Come on, listen to me. I know fighting. It's, it's still green, mate. It's still green. Profit is profit in this game. And Ross, if you'd put ten pounds on all of Ross Beaumont's bets in the first five weeks of Octagon Odds, you'd have twenty pounds of profit. Is so, that it? Congratulations. Still, though, we'll take it. At least it's not. Uh... I I had a slightly more difficult night than you chaps um, because I didn't land a big call like you two did. Um, my Acker was let down firstly by Tybora, a bit disappointing. Um, couldn't really land the takedowns um, against Volkov. Um, and yeah, lost a decision there. And obviously Jan lost as well. Um the two bets that I did land, which kind of saved my night, were um, Ankalaev by decision and Piotr Jan by decision. Um, and we'll definitely talk about Jan and Sandhagen after this. Um, but yeah, that left my night with minus four pound um, in the red, I'm afraid, which, yeah, takes me to still good though, still plus 141 pounds and 10 pence if you put 10 pounds on all my bets since the start of the show. So that means that if you'd put £10 on every single Octagon Odds bet since we started the show, that you would have £171 and 10 pence of profit to your name. So Pat, we can pat each other on the back, lads. Yeah, nice virtual pat. There you go, lads. There you go, lads. Yeah. Well done. Good luck. Cheers, boys. So it is good to have you back in the green. Um, and we'll talk about this week's bets later in the show. Um, just We just alluded to it then, but Jan and Sandhagen, boys, come on. Mate, what a scrap. Um, Honestly, like I, we'll talk about that, but seeing Jan there just makes me excited to see him against TJ. Like I think that that'll be an unreal fight. That very yeah. good. How fight. good was very, how good was simple. Jan's boxing? Is incredible. His jab is such a is so efficient with his strike and his movement was great. His head movement, like we were talking a few weeks ago about 
the best boxers in the UFC. And <laughs> after that performance, I think we've got to put Pure Yam right up there with the best, haven't we? Oh, I agree, so, mate. So technically sharp, weren't he? Like his, yeah. every, every every single strike he threw was just honestly like, unreal. He's so just perfect. different. Yam's just different. He's just different. He's not. He's, Sandhagen's a good fighter and obviously I'm, I'm one of the best in the world, but Yam's just on a different level than he, I reckon. Yeah, and he... he he made those adjustments after round one. He even said afterwards, like he almost gave round one away so he could get some looks. And then as the fight progressed, you could just see him breaking down Sanhagen's plan kind of bit by bit. And yeah, I think he won probably about four rounds to one, in my opinion. He could maybe give Sanhagen round five if you were generous. But yeah, to me, it was four rounds to one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you could literally tell like, that first round, like you just said, Adam, uh, it, was, it was just like getting his reads, uh, figuring out Sanhagen's uh, timing and uh, getting his own time. And, and yeah, you could tell that's what he was doing. And then second round, he came out completely different. Just had, like I said, had his timing down to a tee. And he just sort of controlled it from there on out. Obviously, it was a really close competitive fight, but Jan was controlling everything, really, I'd say. Yeah, he definitely Yeah, and I was. think Sandhagen, by no means, yeah, disgraced himself. Like, no. he obviously went with the kind of, he went back to that kind of high volume striking offense that he tried in the past. And also I thought it was interesting was to see him be the more aggressive in terms of the takedowns and, and trying to get Jan to that and, and introducing the wrestling. Did that, was that a surprise to you too? Jan just seemed to me like he was like, um, well, from the second he started the fight, he was, he was in control of it. Like it was, it was, it was always calm. It's just icy calm. Um, hmm. demeanor that that I think is the most important thing because he's just um it's just impenetrable he, he he's not he, he's there one to five and Sandhagen got a few good hits in and he looked good and he was impressive but it never felt like he was in control of the fight did it do you not reckon no yeah, yeah yeah I agree with that really um yeah as I've already said Jan was just doing what he wanted to do really uh, obviously Corey put up a really good fight so every credit to him uh, we know that he's a sick fighter, and he, yeah, he's still top of the food chain. But yeah, he didn't really have much of an much of an answer in the long run for Jan. It's difficult now for Sandhagen as well, isn't it? Obviously, um, he's lost I think three of his last five fights now. Obviously, um, lost to TJ before before this, and he got subbed by Aljamain Sterling not so long ago as well, didn't he? So it kind of does set him back, but. It, it almost feels like he's hard done to in, in, in many ways, doesn't it? Because he's, if, if anything, he's impressed more by losing than he has by winning in many respects. Yeah, he still earns respect every time he goes out there because yeah. he, is, he, is he is a world-class fighter and he's one of the best in that division, uh, one of the best in the world. And he, he does prove it because he's hanging with these top guys. And he's, he's, he, like he very almost beat TJ. It's very... Argu yeah, yeah. arguable case that he beat TJ. I don't personally think he did, but it was very close. And yeah, he gave, he gave Jan a very good run for his money. Five rounds, so five rounds with Jan is, you know. I think you mentioned about how sort of calm Jan was. I was saying on last week's show that I think Jan was going to prove that he's moved to that, like, you know, the next level, that elite level. Yeah. And I think... The calmness for me is almost what personified that on Saturday night. And just like you said, never looked rushed, never looked panicked, no matter what San Hagen threw. Um, and yeah, ultimately kind of outclassed him in the end. And I think 
we're seeing Jan go to a new level now, aren't we? And sort of, I think he's going to really over the next 12 months, 18 months, kind of cement himself amongst like the sort of the top pound for pound guys. Yeah, he's sort of just on his own plateau now uh, after that. And after from recent fights, what we've seen, I just don't know who's going to challenge him. We used to say he's the best challenge. Yeah, we used to say it about TJ in the same way. Um, But obviously, the Dillashaw Sandhagen fight was was much closer, and a lot of people still argue that that um, that Sandhagen won it. So it's like, is TJ a bit different now? A bit slower. I'm not alluding to anything, but is he a bit different now? Um, well, the, surely you're talking about the injuries. Surely. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a bad you know knee. I mean? He's got a bad knee at the minute. Yeah, which, yeah, that's slowing he pricked down. himself. I think he's pricked himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's um. So is he a bit different? But we just don't know. We just don't know. Um, Jan looks on another level, so that's the fight hey, to make. What we do though. know, though, bantamweight is coming alive at the minute, though, isn't it? Obviously, we just talked about TJ, and we've talked about Jan, Sandhagen. Um, we've got Aljamain, who's obviously the champion at the minute. So we've got that unif- unification fight to come. Um, we've got other contenders. Um, so, it's yeah, it's a good time to be a bantamweight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right. Thing, thing is, though, George, when we used to like hype over TJ back before he got that ban for two years, his, his toughest competition was like Garbrandt, weren't it? And it was sort of like the cruise days. And like there was no, there was no Piotas, there was no Aljamains, there was no Corys around, around them days. And at, at the time, though, like I know you can relate to this because we, we spoke about it. We, we used to consider TJ like top, top three, four pound for pound. Yeah. And, um, but uh, the competition has grown a lot since he's been away, and it's a lot tougher nowadays. Just gets tougher as well, doesn't it, lads? That's what that's, it leads to your point as well, Adam. That the bantamweight division's better, but every division's getting better. I reckon, yeah. bar maybe like one or two, most divisions are the scene thicker. Like one to six will be good fighters. Do you know what I mean? Rather than like yeah, top yeah. two or top three. I reckon they all are. To be fair, like I can't think of a division that. I was just thinking better, about like, um, light heavy. All the options at, at light heavy now as well, though. Now, mm. obviously, you've got Jan who could come in for a rematch. You've got Yuri. You've got Anthony Smith, who's hey, on resurgence. Um, and Kalaev, who obviously we saw yeah. um, at the weekend and who impressed again. So, again, there's loads of options at, at, at light heavy now. I think we're going through a period in the sport where it's, it's obviously growing massively and over the next decade, like you said, you would expect to see all the divisions start to, to thicken out and become very dense. We're going to be, we're going to be seeing like super fight fights cards all like, the time. Yeah. Like Saturday night's fight card <coughs> like every week. Yeah. And it, Oh, can't wait till I'm um, bloody forty six or something, and I'm watching like <laughs> the like a stack, like a, the prelim, the early prelims have got like fucking oh, Robbie Lawler on it still. <laughs> <laughs> like come on, Robbie. <laughs> McGregor's still calling out for you. Yeah. The other the other ones that I wanted to talk about, and I've been waiting for this all week to talk to you, George Hardy, about two people. And I mentioned last week that I was in the front of the hype trains for both of these geezers. So I'm gonna milk it for all that it's worth. We're gonna start with the future king of Dagestan, Islam Makachev, who dismembered Dan Hooker with a first round finish. Dan was the biggest underdog on the card last week, and we were questioning whether 
he was good value or not. In the end, the bookies got it literally spot on, really, didn't they? Yeah, agreed, definitely. And I'd like to start off by saying that I never, I'm, I'm, I can. Islam is amazing now. Like obviously, I can admit that. I never said he wasn't good. I said he wasn't as good as Khabib, and I said he hadn't proved himself. But now he's proved himself, so I, I can safely say I'm aboard the hype train. Um, because it was that, that was crazy. Dan Hooker just looked like he'd never fought anybody before in his life. So yeah, you can yeah. consider me. You can consider me on board the train, lads. I was just skeptical. I was just skeptical. That's all I was. Ross, do you think he? needs one more before you could throw him straight in there with the champion or do you think he's got enough momentum behind him now to chuck him in there after um, Poirier, Oliveira maybe? In terms of his skills or in terms of... Well, the thing, is, the, thing is, the thing is, who have, we, who have we seen fight for the belt at lightweight? We've seen Poirier fight for the belt. We've seen Gaethje fight for the belt. We've seen Chandler fight for the belt. Um, if we want someone fresh challenging for the belt, like we've seen McGregor challenge for the belt, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, Islam to me is the one that we haven't seen and I think it depends I guess it, maybe it depends who, who wins with Oliveira and Poirier as well doesn't it but I think yeah. Makachev Oliveira is an interesting matchup to me it is mate um, I've, I've always thought a good matchup would be and he's it, it, he's ranked quite high in my opinion uh, Darius he's proven that he's got some good wrestling uh, he controlled, controlled Tony for that whole time Um and he's ranked third. It might be a good move for Makachev while the top yeah. figures out what, while we figure out what's happening at the top. Makachev um, was five, three. That sounds like a good matchup to me. Yeah, because we've got Gaethje. Gaethje's busy with Chandler, obviously. is busy with Oliveira. And that's everyone that's above Makachev. So I think Darius is a good fight for him. Good job. The second hype train that we were, were all aboard is um, obviously Hamzat Shemaev, yeah. who... Again, dismantled Xing Liang. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, obviously, the, the bit that's kind of gone viral is him lifting him up, carrying him over to where Dana was, speaking to Dana for a minute, and then slamming him on the ground. Like Again, like we've never seen, really, people do that before. Like We've never seen anyone do it to Jing Liang, that's for sure. No. Uh, it, yeah, he normally does that. T- picks him up, carries him over to his corner, but he's like, fuck that. Let's just go over to the boss and show him what's up. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, that really, isn't it? He's a, he's a crazy yeah. man. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. Straight, a big fan. He uh, comes straight into the rankings at number 11 today. Um, and he's been sort of one of the most talked about guys going into this week, obviously with the welterweight belt on the line as well, um, this weekend. Obviously, it's too soon to throw him in for a title shot, but ha- what's his quickest route to get into the cage with the welterweight champion. Who's he got to beat? That division, it's a tough division, but it's an interesting mixer. It's an interesting mixer to throw in, isn't it? Who is um, ahead of him in the rankings now? I've, I've got one for you. Yeah. Uh, Go on. Michael Chiesa. Mm-hmm. How about that for a fight? Both mm-hmm. very good wrestlers. Yeah. Um, Chiesa's ranked sixth, so he beats Chiesa. He's up there with the likes of, Above him, then would be Wonderboy, Luke. If you're, if you're Chiesa, though, I am not taking that fight without nah. Michael Chiesa. If I'm number oh, six, yeah. he's number he's number eleven, and you watch that, and I'm going, I'm not nope, sure sorry. to be honest. I want to be yeah, but imagine imagine if you're the guy that stops the hype train, because at this point, the yeah. you know it's in full motion, and if you if you're <laughs> the guy, if if you're up there with the top, you've got to believe that you can beat all of them. So. 
if you can stop this guy who's unstoppable, untouchable, smashing everyone, then uh, you've got to take the fight. Smish. Uh, someone ne- did what about Neil? What, what about Neil Magny? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Another good one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think maybe the one you might be referring to, Ross, is Leon Edwards, who was obviously supposed to fight him um, when Edwards, when yeah. Cam- yeah, yeah, when Hamzat got COVID, they were supposed to fight. And that was Edward's sort of rationalised, yeah, I'll just stop the hype train and that'll build my hype. But, um, yeah, it's in a few people suggest maybe Neil Magny because I think Neil Magny's nine or ten in the rankings. Um, and Hamzat's got it eight. So, yeah, good, like I say, good chance for Magny to... Because I think he's done some flapping and some gums about Hamzat on Twitter. Um a few times, so yeah, maybe that's a good matchup. But yeah, I think yes is a good matchup. Yeah. Wonder Boys has he got a fight? I don't want to see him fight Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Boy speaking as favorite. a fan, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Wonder Boy's my boy. Um, no, nah, but so some other names you got uh, Bilal, uh, Jeff Neal. Um, oh, do you know who Dana is... was? Do you know who Dana was talking about? Nate Diaz. Oh God, no. Nate Diaz Chimaev. Yeah, because oh. the 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 logic had it been that. Surely Hamzat can't do to Nate Diaz what he's done to everyone else. Yeah, he will. Just he will. Smash him. Uh, yeah. No, he will. But Nate's a, Nate is a bit of a gatekeeper nowadays. That is kind of his role now. He will do the exact same thing to Diaz. I don't think he's thing in the is though, where, where, Thing is, though, when you get up to this sort of competition now, like, yeah, he's still going to grab him and slam him. But the, the likes of Kiesa and all the guys just mentioned can defend themselves off the back, and especially like especially jujitsu practitioner like Diaz, or like Gilbert Burns or something off the back. All it's like grab grab the arm, pull it through, and who knows what could happen. So now we're at the top of the food chain. It's not going to be as easy, I don't think. We're no. going to see him at least two rounds out of him in his next fight. At least, <laughs> at least get him. At least he's going to get punched in one of his next fights. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, it's still amazing. Maybe. One strike Maybe. absorbed in four UFC appearances. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. You have to, to be shared if you get punched soon. Yeah. For all uh, we know, um, he could... Oh. Oh, I was going to say he's booked uh, a wrestling match for in like two weeks against Jack Hermanson oh, yeah. as well, Honestly. like a wrestling bout. A wrestling only bout? Oh, yeah, a wrestling only yeah. bout in a few weeks. What the fuck? But yeah, he's the, he's the type of guy, well, I think Georgie mentioned it, uh, prior podcast, um, just a freak athlete. Like you see, when he was stood yeah. on top of the cage, like just like even though mm. he was just bouncing so easy, just got up there so easy, just like any of them could do. But he just looked like such a yeah an animal. Yeah, and uh, for all we know, he could be the goat just in waiting. Do you know what I mean? Whoa, <laughs> this, no, like, so early again. I know what he, I know what he's trying to say. He, I think he's trying to say yeah, that I'm not yeah. On paper, the credentials to get to that kind of level. Are, are yeah, there, I'm not saying like there. I think he's gold material, but for all we know, he's because he's not been tested at all. So for all we what's know, the, what, what's the word down, for a baby? What's the word you for are a right, baby? But you goat? also could say that about anybody. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What do you yeah, call yeah, a baby goat? Because that's what that's what we could term term him as. Like he just needs a bit of nurturing, needs a nice a nice field of grass to chew on. Over the next few years, and yeah. could become a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well said. Well said. Like a yeah, fully formed, a fully fledged goat. Goat. After a while, <laughs> I just think, still think it's a bit, it's a bit early. But... Yeah, obviously, I'm not saying he's gonna be the goat. I'm not saying he's on that trajectory. But 
but, he is unbeaten and untouched. And yeah. for all we know, he could be like two a couple of years down the line. You know, and yeah, you could say that about anyone. Literally anyone. No, but not not everyone is one being untouched and no, yeah. smashes and everyone in one down. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? It's a great point. And he's averaging, like, averaging no. I just want it to be known. I just want it to be known that when we talk about this in the future, this is how early <laughs> these two hop on her hype train. <laughs> this is how early. This is how early these two hop on a hype train. I hopped on it after um, the second I'm on the fight, hype train, but you're talking about goat yeah. status. I'm not nah, bothered. I hopped on. When I saw him fight for a second weekend in a row and move up to 185 after biting at 170 the week before, smash another guy, I was all on board after that. I'm yeah, more than happy up to say... say weight class. Yeah, when the judgment day comes, I'm more than happy to look the Lord in the eye and tell him that I was on the Hamzat Chamayev hype train, no matter how it goes from here. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Can't argue with that, lads. That's where you can't argue. Right, enough with UFC 267, because that's in the past. We've talked about our bets. It's in the past. We move on to UFC 267. And we'll Before so we do that, break. though... We're going to have a break. Oh, he beat me to yes, it. That's my <laughs> line. Oh, I was going to take his line. <laughs> you are listening to the UK's number one pound for pound MMA betting podcast and speaking of number one pound for pound, Kamara Usman. It's George Hardy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're quite in Kamara Usman's league. But the pound for pound king returns this I left week. USC two sixty eight defending his welterweight belt for a fifth time and for a second time against Colby Covington, who comes straight back into this title fight one fight removed from his last attempt at taking out Usman. Um, a lot has been said this week and previous about whether Covington deserves to be in this fight. Do you think he does, lads? Yes, I do. Care to expand on that? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. No, no, no. I'm not sure, I'm not sure you're quite <laughs> grasping the podcast concept at this point. Um, yeah, no. I, I think Colby is uh, elite. If he's not up there with Usman, he's the second best guy in the division easily. Um, their last fight was so good. And I think the difference the difference was, um, I've watched it so many times. It's probably one of my most watched fights because it was so surprisingly, un- unbelievably good to the striking department. There was no wrestling. Um, Covington got the better of Usman in the early rounds. He got a better of him in a few rounds. Um, and there's certain moments where if, if Covington had the power of Usman, he might have won that fight. Um, but I think the difference was Usman's power and how he took over in the end. And obviously the jaw was 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 part of it as well. But there's a certain moment in that fight that I want to bring your attention to. And I'm not being a conspiracy theorist doing this, but is there's a moment where Covington kicks Usman in the body and he keels over and grabs his balls and the ref stops it like it's a like it's a nut shot, but it wasn't a nut shot if you watch your back. Yeah. And in that split second. Could Colby Covington have finished the fight? Now, that is that is mad speculation. But all I'll say is, could there have been nut deflection? Like it might not have been direct contact with the nut. I see zero been... nut deflection when I watched that fight. Back. <laughs> I've seen it many times. 
I'm sure that's the technical. There's a good term. angle as well. There's a, there's a good angle or two. There's also um, there's also the moment with the eye poke as well, where Kobe always accuses yeah. him of holding the other eye. Which I don't. I, I obviously I was watching it back ahead of today, and I don't think that that is what he did. But do you think? Do you so you actually think that that Usman kind of used his opportunities to kind of get a bit of a breather in a, in a what was a bit I of do. a war. I do, but I don't think that means that, I, sorry, I do, but I don't think that means that he, uh, that Colby would have won it. I just, I'm just like, that is a moment where you could say that Colby had the upper hand and if he was really hurt, then he could have done something, like maybe he could have finished him, but it's just speculation really, isn't it? Yeah, I think with the eye poke situation, if you, like you said, you watched it, so you would have seen just prior to that, Colby lands a mad head kick and a six straight, um, which clearly do damage. And then he eye pokes him or he doesn't eye poke him. And then Usman obviously claims for it. And that is that's just after taking a big head kick and a clean straight right to the chin. Yeah. So it makes sense that Usman would want to take a minute after that if he could get away with it. Maybe if it came close, you'd be you'd blend it and Maybe maybe it's just instinct, and he thought, oh, "I need to roll with it now that I've, now that I've claimed it. I need to roll with it." Yeah. Maybe he didn't touch it. Maybe he did. Yeah. Who knows? Other than them two. I think. Um, but... one, of... Oh, one of the things that I found interesting, and you've already kind of alluded to it, Hardy, was the fact that there was no there was no wrestling whatsoever. Like it was one hundred percent striking. Uh, I don't think that either of them attempted a single takedown um, at any point in the fight. And do you think that like? the fact that they're both such excellent wrestlers and it's both such a strong part of the game that that kind of cancelled each other out in the sense that we we talked about, when we're talking about Usman and we're saying that he's the power, power best in the world, we're saying, why would you shoot a takedown on Usman? Yeah. Is that not kind of the same on Kobe as well? Like, why yeah. would you sort of put yourself in a position to do that? It's like perfectly balanced. They're both so good yeah. at wrestling that neither of them wants to tip, tip the balance to the other's favour by getting an under position or whatever. And neither of them, I think, I don't think either of them were confident that they were better than the other one as well, which is a massive factor in it. But I think both of them thought they could outstrike the other one. So they thought they both came in with a striking game plan and um, they were both confident they could defend the takedowns maybe. So that's why it turned into that. So I reckon we could we probably see that again, you know, we'll probably see that fight again, but Usman is just a different level than he was then. Is Colby? Is yeah, Colby? well, we fit, fit, good point about Colby. Obviously, he's been inactive for a good year. I mean, his fight against Woodley was 2020 September, so it's over a year now. And in that time, he's got new coaches. Um, so will the inactivity from a year, it could be good, it could be bad, could be both, but these new coaches... Obviously, he's got new coaches for a reason and he's stuck with them for a reason. So they're obviously doing something right. So we might be seeing an, an even more evolved Colby. It, like, although we see a more evolved Usman every time he steps in the octagon, um, I feel like Colby could be even better than he was as well. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this one was a little bit more reserved than the first fight, particularly in the early rounds. You mentioned about Kobe changing coaches, and I was listening to his interview with um, BT Sport um, earlier today, and he kind, of, he kind of alluded to the changing of coaches as a matter of he became too emotional in the first, first Usman fight, and he fought off emotion, and he allowed that to control what he was doing in the fight, and he put himself into situations where he took unnecessary damage and he wasn't necessarily executing the most effective game plan. 
And he felt that that was maybe unchecked by his team at the time. And they'd almost become kind of you know, too comfortable with a team. And sometimes you've got to go out and freshen it up. I always say that's like, well, that's what Conor McGregor needs to do, like with John Kavanaugh. Like you always, every time McGregor's losing around, you're listening to his corner and you hear Kavanaugh telling him that he's doing great. Yeah, he's doing then, great. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes out after the fight and said, oh, he did great, a great job. And he doesn't, he thought he was winning right up until the moment that he lost. And yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes you can be with a coach for so long that it becomes too friendly and you've got to go and, Become yeah. uncomfortable with someone again, and I think that's that is why we could very well see a different Kobe than than last time. But because of the inactivity, it's hard to tell. We we know that Usman has gone to another level, don't we? Because of how much he's fought over the last eighteen months, yeah. and we've, we've seen it. him go to yeah, exactly. And I think surely, it, yeah, surely Usman is is going to have too much for him, don't you think? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that that's what you'd think in it, but. As I, as I mentioned, like he has been out for a year and I see Colby as the type of guy that trains hard and puts every single thing into it. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're going to have learned things about each other in that last fight. So it's maybe who can take away the most from that fight, who can who can adapt the most, you know. Covington may well have just been studying, like you say, he's not fought in over a year. So he's had a year essentially to prepare for this yeah. match. So... Whereas Usman's obviously had to focus on fighting Jorge Masvidal twice. He's had to focus on fighting Gilbert Burns. Covington's had this kind of sole objective of winning the rematch with Usman. Um, so, yeah, like you say, it, might, it could very well be. And it often is in rematches of who can make the best adjustments from the first fight, really, isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Uh, am I right in saying that uh, Usman wasn't under Trevor Whitman in the first fight? I don't think he was, was he? No, no, no. So I that's, think that's he... a big factor. Trevor Whitman's a beast, isn't he? He's a beast. Yeah, I think he's turned Usman's jab into the best jab in MMA yeah, today. Yeah, like he he dismantled Jorge Masvidal with that big left jab yeah. in the last fight, and we've never seen Jorge knocked out before that. So that's as if anything, I was good sign of like how much Usman's striking has improved under Whitman. And I'd put Jorge up there with some of the best kickboxers. I'll tell you, so that's, that says it all, really. I'll tell you something that I found that was interesting, though, lads. <clears throat> this is a very, very rogue one. But um, it's it's a bet that I've put on for this fight. Um, this it's, it's, it's a weird one, this, because it's more than likely not going to come in. But like we said, you'd probably agree that Colby is probably up there with the elite fighters, and so is Usman. You'd probably say that Colby got the better of Usman in a few rounds. You said yourself that Colby's focused on this fight a lot. We know Usman is just like we had. I did Pam Pam number one in my list last week. <laughs> so yeah, that said, first, yeah, that said, they're both world class. I've got a draw at fifty to one. Oh, okay. A draw at like fifty it. to one. A decision draw. And they've both done so well, and it comes to the fifth round, and they're both still scrapping each other, and it goes to a draw, fifty to one. Yeah, I don't mind seeing draws where, like, where, when, when it's deserving of a draw, I don't mind seeing it because it's it's the just decision. Is it more um, difficult to take a draw over five rounds though? Because obviously you're sort of inevitably relying on either a ten-eight somewhere being involved in the equation. Or somebody losing a point at some point during the yeah. fight, maybe it'd have to be so close. But the, the last fight was up until the end. It was very, very close. They both 
they both had and still but it doesn't really have. matter how close it doesn't really matter how close it is though does it because it's not one fight is it it's five five minute fights and that's how it is judged is who regardless of how close each round is is like who won that round and that's why I mean that the 10-8 or the docked points got to come into it somewhere surely then to get the draw but I think you can I believe that when you say that, it's a good bet. yeah yeah, someone's, yeah. someone's drowning in the yeah. later rounds. I like, I like the sound yeah. of that, to be fair. It's a nice, it's a nice shot, 50-1 to one draw. No, you will certainly, if we're here next week talking about the draw in the main event and how hard he's landed 50-1, to one, then... <laughs> and he skyrockets to first place on the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Come sure on. retire Fatal on habit. that one. Fatal here's, what, here's one for you then, Adam. Um, who would you say has got better cardio? Oh, that's such a tough question because they're both yeah, off that's the charts. So they've both got five-round cardio. They've both yeah. got five-round cardio. That's what it matters, really, isn't it? They've got, like, ten-round the, cardio. Yeah. yeah. To the point that we've never seen either of their cardios, like, wave even slightly. So that's why I think it's hard for me to answer that question. Colby's is insane. The pace that Colby put on Lawler, that was unbelievable to watch. So sick it, to watch against Tyron. It was against Tyron as well. He came through... 400 attempted strikes and attempted more than 20 takedowns against Tyron in three rounds. Crazy motherfucker. Mad. He's yeah, that, sick. That, that, could be a fa- that could be a factor, though. Do you not think? I know Osman's just Kobe's cardio. Like, it's off the charts. I don't like just the fact that it, he'll be game for the full five rounds. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we've seen Kobe's cardio more. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've seen it put to work more than Usman. Doesn't mean that it's better than Usman's, but I feel like we've witnessed it more than we have Usman. But Kamaru suddenly started KOing people out of nowhere, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, I think since, that's the difference, isn't it? It's the Kobe's taking... Since Trevor, isn't it? Since Trevor arrived, Kamaru is knocking people out. Yes, Trev. Yeah. Yes, Trev. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a scrap. Go on, then. Let's go for... Um, you got your bets. bets. Bets on this one. I, as I said, I think it'll start quite slow. Like I think at least round one, round two will be a lot slower um, than the original fights, which was making me look towards um, a decision again either way. So I'm going for Usman to, I'm going for Usman to win by decision at fifteen to eight because, as we've said, I think he's the better striker. Won't be concerned with Kobe's wrestling. His cardio will stand up to Kobe's cardio. Like he's got everything that he needs to win this fight. Um, and I just think it. I think well, it'll be another really, really good fight. I think. Um, but yeah, I think it'll go the distance. I'll take the go the distance at ten to eleven. Um, and I'm also yeah taking Usman by decision at fifteen to eight. All three of my bets are on this fight. Really. It's oh really? Thinking about it. Well, I might as well talk about the other single that I've got on. I've got two singles on in an Acker. Get to the actor at the end, but might as well talk about another single. It's a dual fight bet, so it's seven to one for Kamar Osman and Rose Namunas both to win by finish. So that's submission TKO KO. Both of them yeah. to win by finish is seven to one. That's pretty good to be honest with you. Because yeah, how much them two have been finishing. Rose literally finished Zhang last time. And Osman well, finished Kobe last time. I know well, and so. yeah, exactly. And he's been knocking fools out, so it's I think that's a pretty safe one to go for. Yeah, it's a nice bet. That's seven to one. I've um, also, got, I, also got Usman in a double, but I'll keep that one in my pocket for later, boys. Okay. Yeah, I, I've not got a single for this. I've got him, I've got one of them in my acker. Um, but if I was going to put a single, it'd be Usman decision. 
but it's not it's not one of our bets. Are you gonna are you gonna give us a hint and which one's in your racket? Uh nah. Is it not yeah. Kamara Usman? You're going to have to wait. I've put um, bets on not... two different outcomes if... from fight years. You never don't know what I'm going to say. What you've done is kind of like covering zero with like 50p when you're playing roulette. Like, yeah. it's if it comes in, it's great. If it doesn't, it's kind of, you had a bit of a show. You had a bit of a punt on one. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the main yeah. event. I'll reveal my acker when we've covered everyone in it. Okay, uh, yeah, I accept that, and we'll, we've we've kind of touched on it briefly there. So we'll move on to another rematch in the co-main event um, for the UFC Women's Strawweight Title. Um, of course, it's Rose Namajunas defending for the first time against the woman who she took the belt from um, back in April at UFC 261, I believe it was. Um, this one, the bookies have got it bang on neck and neck, bang on neck and neck, eleven to ten. Um, I believe Zhang opened as the slight favourite, which, when you think about it, considering she lost, by, yeah, she lost by KO in round one in the first. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And even even the fact that they can't separate them is mad. But I think, do you not think that speaks to what a great matchup it actually is? And we almost didn't get to see why it was such a great matchup in the first fight because Rose got in there. I don't want to say a freak shot because it was nah, amazing. It was perfect. It was a perfect. Yeah, but like, a, yeah, maybe that's a better way of saying it. Is she landed a perfect shot? Yeah. We almost didn't get to see what we expected to see, which was it's sort of like Aldo McGregor. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone. Well, I wanted to actually see how that would go down, and McGregor landed the perfect shot. It's the same. Um, yeah, I think it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen again. It's not gonna be the same. Um, well, I feel like Whaley had a lot of excuses last time. She blamed the crowd. Yeah, yeah. She blamed. She blamed. She had a lot. I don't really like that when no, people a lot have of excuses. excuses. Just like, yeah, take it on the chin and you know, like, move on. And um, but I think it's gonna go down like this. Um, it is going to. I think it's gonna end up with a decision win for Rose. I think it's gonna go the distance. I think Rose is gonna be beating her on the feet uh, because. Rose's Rose stand-up is well, some of the best we've ever seen, I think. Statistically, um, though, the striking is really, really well-matched and actually probably the statistically leans more in Wei Lee's favour. She lands more than two, two strikes more per minute than Rose does. She has a higher KO percentage in the UFC. She averages more significant strikes. We've obviously seen the fact that her chin holds up to an absolute wall with the Joanna fight. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Rose will have it all. If if it's if they have a lot of striking exchange, I'm not sure Rose will have it all her own way. No, it's not. No, definitely not all going to be the wrong way. But she's really good at keeping the range. Her fight IQ is off the charts, and she can adapt so well to whatever Giant she needs to adapt to. Um, yeah, I think she's a distance management is really good, um, and I think Whaley might get a bit frustrated that she's not sort of a game plan, can't really be put into action. She might try and engage the clinch or engage the takedown, which I also think Rose will beat her in, um, in the grappling. Uh, I mean, Rose is a brown belt jujitsu. Whaley's own purple belt, like, it's very close. Um, but yeah, I think, I just, I can just see Rose just winning in every department. Like, not, yeah, not one-sided. She's not going to dominate in the striking or dominate everywhere, but I think, I do think she's going to win them. Yeah, I do. points. Couldn't Whaley, um, 
obviously has moved to the US. She's set a camp up in the US and has obviously been training um, a lot with Henry Cejudo. We talked about in the in, in Kobe Covington situation, um, a change of coaching, a change of scenery, you know, different voices and, and how that might affect his performance. Um, you could say the same for her, couldn't you? Do you think, how do you think that training with Cejudo um, will sort of play out in this fight? Do you think it just obviously means that she'll lean on the wrestling more than she maybe would have done previous? Yeah, I think it's a really good move from her. I think it's a really good move from Whaley. Um, we've ne- I can't really think of a time we've seen much of Whaley's ground game. Um, can you? Uh, um, so I've not seen I've not so much her ground game, but like her overall wrestling. She's very strong. I think she's probably she be strong. strong. She'll be very, she'll be stronger than Rose in like clinch situations, and I think that'll be more what Sahudo has been working on her with more so than like yeah getting her, getting her on her back. Because it's I a good move, is, like yeah. you said, where Rose could be dangerous is on her back maybe. Yeah, it's a good move for Whaley. Uh, like she's understood that maybe it's, it needs to go to the ground needs to get into the clinch and yeah she needs to obviously Rose is the longer taller fighter so if Whaley can close close the distance get in her get in Rose's range maybe she's got more of a chance because if you're just on the outside of Rose then she's just going to pick on you I don't have a bet for this one I'm going to be forthright because I just can't call it um like I say, statistically well-matched, but it was a good matchup last time. Obviously, we mentioned that Rose landed the perfect shot to finish the fight, but we've also said that we don't see it going that way this time. And I think because they are so well-matched, I just I can't see how the fight plays out in my head. So I'm ducking this one. It's not in any of my hackers. I haven't got a single play for this one. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what I think is a really, really good matchup. Ah, fair enough, pussies. All right, big man. <laughs> 20, <laughs> excuse me, Mister uh, Twenty Pound Profit down there, or Ten Pound yeah. Profit. Sorry, watch, um, watch, watch this fifty. Oh, he's got, two, he's got, he's got two fifty coming in. If that's if that happens, <laughs> that draw. Five hundred with ten Ooh. units a bet, so it's 500 oh shit, it's tenner in it. Yeah, it's yeah, tenor. yeah, tenner yeah. a bet, Ross. Yeah, yeah. So what are you no, saying for this one, George? For this one, yeah. Rose Namajunas. Uh, I think that Rose um, is about to show everyone that she is in another. Uh, she's on another level to to this kind of thing. The Andrade fight was a was a was a freak accident and a fluke. And apart from that, she's shown us nothing recently. But how amazing she is! Obviously, so is Zhang. But just the just the way that Rose fights in every aspect in the clinch, fighting from a distance, for hands with her feet. Um, on the ground and submissions and stuff. I just think she's about to show us how you know how she did with the second Joanna fight, where everyone was like, "Oh, Joanna's going to come back now. She's going to take her now. She's and she just did it even better. I think she's going to do that again. That's why I think personally. Yeah, yeah. You look at the opponents and uh, who they've beat and who they've lost to. Uh, you look at Rose. She's obviously beat Whaley, Joanna twice, and Joanna's the buggy woman. Uh, Andrage, obviously, she got beat by Andrage too. Then you look at uh, Whaley's, she's beating Joanna, who, yeah, it was probably my top three fights ever in uh, that fight. Um, but uh, Rose has just dispatched Joanna twice, dispatched. and uh, she, she did really, didn't she? Especially the set, I think the second fight was even more convincing, wasn't it? Or was it the first fight? 
think the second fight should be her even better. Um, it should first, be fight was, first fight was KO, and then yeah, the second it was fight the same was decision. Yeah, it was, it was, and she dominated her in the second fight. Yeah, um, like yeah. from start to finish, sort of thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. what. I mean, I mean, that's that's, that's all that's all that like MMA maths, which we can't really rely on. But you know that it, it it's still still sort of applicable, isn't it? It's as good a logic to use as any, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's my decision, Rose's decision. Okay. Uh, well, so interestingly, uh, like I said, the bookies can't call it eleven to ten Zhang, eleven to ten Rose. Um, according to Odd Checker in the UK, um, Zhang has been the more attractive sort of proposition to punters at the minute, with like seventy percent of the bets going in her direction so far. So interesting to see that even at the same price, that people um, are more willing to take on Zhang than Rose. Maybe it's I think it's underestimating Rose, maybe, or do we think we're overestimating Whaley? Uh, well, yeah, you, you wouldn't think from the last fight that they'd be even odds. You just wouldn't. No. It doesn't really make much sense. But it's like we said, maybe they've understood that it was just the perfect strike. And Because before that, before they, before they fought for the first time, you wouldn't have said that had happened, would you? You wouldn't say first round KO from those. Because um, so, I do think it's is so well matched. That's why there's no bet for it. It is. Because yeah. it is really, really well matched. I think that's exactly what the bookies are seeing is that, that's yeah, on paper, one. it's really well matched. And yeah. Rose got the better in the first one, but if you were to do this fight a hundred times, you might get 50, 50, 50 wins each or 64 in one's favour. Do you know what I mean? So it could go yeah, yeah. could go either way on the night. And that's what makes a great fight, isn't it? So that's why I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one. But the fight I'm looking forward to most, this is the show stealer. <laughs> Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. If you were going to pick two guys in the UFC who come to fight every single time. Yeah. I dare say that these two would be one or two on everyone's list. They'd certainly be in the, in the top five for me. Yes, yeah, certainly Gaethje. Like, he's just known for violence, isn't he? And he just brings it brings it every time. And we've seen that Chandler can bring it. And I've actually dubbed this as one of the hardest fights to call ever, in my opinion. So I... I, I I'm, I'm still not sure at all what's going to happen. Uh, I've got I've got a few ideas, but um, I don't think I'm going to bet on this one. I've got one in my hacker, but it's just it's so. You talk about Gaethje bringing violence, right? The stats for this are unbelievable. Like I don't think I've ever seen striking stats like Justin Gaethje. He strikes, uh, he lands three three point five more strikes per fifteen minutes than Michael Chandler, who's hardly the most reserved striker. Um, sure. That's 7.74 landed per minute from Gaethje. He absorbs 8.37 strikes per minute. Those stats is... are inflated by old Gaethje. When he yeah, comes yeah. Back say, and yeah. he is now, doesn't get hit as much as he used to. He uses the range a lot better. He, he... Oh, it's Trevor Gaethje. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Gaethje. Trevor Gaethje, yeah. Trevor Gaethje is a different beast. A different beast. Is yeah, that's well, a good we didn't even mention yeah, it for Rose as well. We're talking about Trevor Rose yeah, as well, yeah, like, in it, yeah, yeah, a different beast. They're just he just he just makes them all animals like Gaethje's distant management and stuff now is crazy. And he's still got the power and he's still got the volume and he's but he, and he's got the accuracy and and but he's got the range now as well. It's scary and the patience, yeah, and the patience and the gas that's tank. That's what, like, yeah, 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 he's got a gas tank. 
got a big gas tank. So is Chandler, though, so that's that's even more exciting. Yeah, I think that we've seen Chandler's chin tested a few times in Bellator and the UFC. Like, his last fight in Bellator was against Pitbull, wasn't it? And he got dropped. Yeah, yeah. Think, he got um, dropped round one, round yeah, one KO against yeah. yeah. Pitbull. And then he comes to the UFC, and obviously his fight with Oliveira was um, incredible. Um, and he definitely dis- destroyed him in the first round, but then he got knocked out in, in the second round. He got, dropped, he got dropped twice in the second round. I, I can't see him knocking Gaethje out because that man just just doesn't get knocked out. No, but I can. But so I can see Gaethje taking it by knockout. To be honest with you, I think that's the most. Well, as you as you say, Chandler's chin, I think, has been more than tested. Um, I believe he's been he's had four KO losses in his career already. Obviously, the Oliveira one. Uh, he lost um, first round KO to Pitbull in his last Bellator fight. Uh, Brent Primus and Will Brooks have also knocked him out earlier in his career. Um, so for me, that's I think that is the difference in this Anyone fight. Anyone can is, knock him out, it's just in Gaethje. Yeah, exactly. And we saw the damage that um, Gaethje brought against Tony Ferguson was on another level, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We have seen, obviously, like there's no doubt in Gaethje's chin, but we've seen power from Chandler we've seen raw power and if that can hit him the same way that Oliveira hit Chandler right in the sweet spot and just make his chin click and put anyone out apart from Romero does does Chandler carry that power throughout round two and three or does he go like he did against Hooker balls to the wall in round one and either and get knocked out. Same against Oliveira, really. Either knockout or get knocked out, basically. That's that. Listen, I considered the Poirier and Hooker fight, and once again, MMA maths, whatever. But Poirier, we put him on our ideal dream fighter, best boxing in in the industry, and it, he went five rounds with Dan Hooker, whereas Chandler caught him on right on that button, right in the sweet spot, and put him out. Yeah, but that so, was that was a fear of the takedown because Hooker was circling away from Chandler with his hands down, afraid for the takedown. He got him over yeah. the top, so it's a different. Yeah, yeah, but it just, it just shows like the potential of the fight. Like my point is that he went five rounds with the best, what we consider the best boxer in the industry, and and he took everything from Poirier and Chandler got him. Yeah, he had his hands down. He was circling away, but it just shows that in first round, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. yeah. It was in fact um, it was the first significant strike that Chandler yeah. landed in the fight. Um, dropped him. Do you think that Chandler has to then lean more on his wrestling? Because I think we all agree that obviously he's powerful, but he is a bit outgunned there technically. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, listen. Yeah, so I, I've, I've, for years and years since we know Gaethje is around, there's been this aura around him that he's a sick wrestler. But yeah, he's a is he? Yeah, yeah, but we, yeah, but what if we see? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But so's Tony, so's Tony Ferguson, um, and we've what have we actually seen from Gates' wrestling? I'd love to see something. I'd love for him to be as good as the hype says he is. Is it not and because think, his wrestling is so good that he almost doesn't worry about it? Like yeah, if someone wants to wrestle with him, then he'll wrestle. And like, but he, I think that he's the type of guy who wants to have a fight, like yeah. a fist fight. Yeah, yeah. Like he wants to scrap. He likes to strike, and I think that's he doesn't. He almost he has the wrestling there in reserve, but what he's really become is a striker that can wrestle, really, isn't it? Whereas he started yeah. off as a as a wrestler that could strike. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, he's got he's got the wrestling apparently, but when 
that would have been in college. Do you know what I mean? When he's like 20, what, 22, 23 or something. Now he's what, must be 30. It's not like he's not um, training wrestling now, though. Nah, that's what I mean. But I just want to see what see his it. wrestling has got because we, we everyone knows that he's got this background. But well, we didn't see much of it against Khabib. We didn't see much of it against Khabib, though, did we? Yeah, I was going to say that, but Khabib. Nobody you, can't, Khabib. you can't really I mean, compare any. I mean, Ross, uh, the problem is, mate, that Justin Gaethje loves punching shit and getting punched. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I literally just want to see what wrestling's got. And I think this will be the fight that we do see it. If if we were to see it, I think this will be it. Because Chandler is a base wrestler at the end of the day, isn't he? That's his, that's his bread and butter. Haven't really um, seen him go to it in the UFC yet either, have we? So, yeah, maybe this is the Not in the UFC, but that, that is his background at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is potentially where we might see a bit of um, Gage's ground game, which I'm really looking forward to. If ever a fight was destined for fight of the nine, yeah. like we probably could have said <laughs> yeah. it about, we probably could have said it about Piotr Jan and Corey Sandhagen on Saturday, but surely if ever a fight was destined for fight of the nine, this has got it written all over it, hasn't it? Yeah, but to be fair, look at the last Colby Usman fight. <laughs> like you can't, can't put them out of it. Uh, but yeah, on paper, yeah, this is this is the swang and bang of the century, really. All um, three headliners should be bangers. Yeah, yeah, the the whole card should be whole main card. So George, have you Ross? You said that you're finding it difficult to call George. You said that Chandler's chin is a bit suspect. Have you have you gone for it on the Gage KO? I thought about the second round. Justin Gaethje KO because the odds are pretty good on it. I can't remember where I've talked about because I didn't go for it. Um, let me okay. just have a look, see if I can I find can tell it. you. Go on then. I think it's nice to all for time though while I'm doing it. Ten. Yeah, well, while, while we're looking flat, I'll, I'll give you a rundown of uh, it's nine my... to two. No, I got it. It's nine to two. Nine to two. All right, yeah. nice. I, I so you're going it. for it. Yeah, no, well, I, I've, I've, I've not gone for it, no, but I, I'm on the fence, boys. I don't know what you think. I think I think that's quite short, really, for four and a half. That's, that's the round that he got knocked out in against Oliveira. Oliveira. Um, so I can see them testing it in round one a little bit and maybe Gaethje getting the knockout in round two. Yeah, Tough on um, me. Go on, Ross, go on. Um, yeah, so as I said, I have struggled a lot and I've thought about this a lot. Um and if I was to, I've got I've got some hackers going with these guys, but uh, if I was just to call this a single, I'd say yeah, Gage gets the KO. But I don't think round two. I think a bit later when Chandler's worn out a little bit and um, and Gage is like managing to absorb some of his punches, he's not got as much power. I think Gage could get the KO maybe round three or four. Fair enough. It was tough on me this because. I agree that Chandler's chin is a bit suspect, and I think Gage is the perfect person to kind of take advantage of that. Um, but there's not a great deal of value in the Gage KO win. It's only even money. Um, the odds are very much pointing towards Justin Gage. He's eight to fifteen in the outright. Uh, Michael Chandler seven to four to win. So the bookies are calling it in Gage's favour. So there isn't a lot of value in the KO. But I'm going to take it on anyway at even monies because. That's how I see the fight ending. Um, and I think I could see it at any point. That's the thing with these two guys. They're both so explosive, both yeah. so violent. They both they both go forward, you know, hands up, heads down, and just they're gonna it, it's gonna be explosive. So could happen early, like we saw um in the Oliveira fight, like you just said, it could be a case of you know, Chandler gets worn down and and Gaethje finishes it later on. 
But um, yeah, for me, I'm just going to take the KO at even money. Nice. All right. Well, we've come to the end of my Akers, so um, I'll I'll let you know what it was. I've I've dubbed it the Trevor Tribble, and oh, it's nice. uh, it's two point seven five to one for all of Trevor's um, students to win, just just outright win. So obviously that's Usman, Gaethje, and Rose all to win. Uh, two two point seven five to one. However, out of them three fights, the one that I could see not happening is Gaethje. I could I can see Chandler winning. And if I swap out Gaethje and Chandler, which I'm going to do, I'm putting both hackers on. So for my second hacker, it's Chandler, Rose and Usman, which is 5.68 to 1, which I like the sound of that. So I've got them both on. I think that's the only fight that might not be the Trevor Tribble. Not, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I also looked at the, the Trevor treble. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm not 100% sure on Rose Nama Yunus. Um, I'll be happy to eat my words if she does win, um, but I'm just not 100% sold on it. So I've gone for the Trevor double um, with Usman and Gaethje, um, and that's four to one, which I think is pretty tidy um, yeah. price for, yeah. I went for a fourfold Acker. Um, oh, sorry. I've got because I've priced out the results as well. I've gone because I've so my first bet was Usman by a decision. Sorry, and I've, oh, right. I was gonna say, I've, I've got three. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could see the confusion on the phone. So <laughs> yeah, I was I like, I feel what? guilty because I've like, used the wrong app, me. Yeah, I had Usman by a decision. Um, and I also then had Gaethje by a KO, so I've doubled them up. Um, so both those results for uh, a four to one double. So we'll see how that one plays out. Decent, decent, nice. I got a fourfold on it, and it was Usman, Rose, Gaethje, and then a rogue call was Shane Burgos. Well, we're going to have to take a short break. I want to talk about Shane Burgos after the break because it's uh, another interesting matchup. There's also Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera that we can talk about, and there's obviously it's a, a massive card, so there's um, some chunky prelims that we can chat about as well after the break. So join us then on episode six of Octagon Odds. Welcome back to part three of Octagon Odds UFC 268 preview. Before we get on to the rest of the card, um, I just want to take a minute just to discuss safer gambling week in the UK um, this week. Um, all the sort of UK bookmakers have been getting involved. Um, other sort of affiliates of, of bookmakers getting involved, just kind of raising awareness of the various tools and resources that all the different platforms have got to kind of help you gamble safely, um, you know, deposit deposit limits, um, stake restrictions, timeouts, breaks, things like that. Um, and obviously it is really important to kind of discuss these things and discuss everyone's gambling habits and, and kind of be open and honest and talk about safer gambling. So if you are interested in finding out more information, uh, you can follow the hashtag on social media. That's uh, hashtag SGWeek21. Or if you head over to safergamblinguk.org, there are tons of free resources, um, tips and advice that can help you stay in control of your gambling. So, yeah, do check those out. But that's that. It's time to move on to the rest of the UFC 268 card. Um, and the next one on our agenda is Shane Burgos against Billy Quarantillo um, at Featherweight. This one is interesting for me because I remember distinctly watching Shane Burgos last fight against Edson Barbosa. And you may or may not remember the very unusual finish to that fight where... 
Burgos sort of took the big overhand right, stood there for a couple of seconds, and then like gradually like stepped <laughs> yeah. back, crawled into a kind of ball and was then unconscious on the ground. I've never ever seen a delayed knockout like that in my life. It was weird, wasn't it? No, yeah, literally, like, looking at it, you would not have thought he was about to fall back. Like, he looked like he, he just looked normal. Um, to be fair to him, poker face is on point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he, ate, he ate the shot and looked like he ate it. it. looked like he swallowed it, digested it. Um, but, obviously, his... His uh, body had other ideas, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was literally so weird because you could see the just, like, the lights going off in his eyes. You could be like, whoa, what's going on here? Like... Am I going to sleep? And then it wasn't like he just crawled, got on the ground and was like covering up. He was fully unconscious on the ground. Like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Barbosa didn't pounce at him sooner. To be fair, I was ready for like a mad wheel kick or something from Barbosa. Yeah, the ref did. The ref did quite a good job. He was in quite a good position at the time, I think, and the referee did quite a good job of sort of yeah. seeing where. Because it, yeah, it would have been easy for the referee to have been a bit confused by that situation. In terms of how yeah. this affects this fight, I'll be honest that it made me a bit hesitant towards backing Shane Burgos because, and I'm sure he's been checked out 100% by medical professionals and the UFC doctors and all that, but it just, yeah, it gives me a bit of hesitancy. George, you mentioned that um, you've got him in a fourfold. Obviously, that wasn't too much of a concern for you. No, I mean, against Barboza, obviously, it was quite a good fight. I don't know if you remember much of it. Um, Obviously, Barboza took it in the end and was winning the fight. Most of it, but, but but Burgos had his moments. Um, I just think he's quite a good fighter. Um, I, I think he'll come back, and he'll probably have a bit of something to prove. He's a dog in there. He's he's uh. It was a bit weird that, um, but now, nah, like you said, they've got medical professionals. I don't think it's going to keep a guy like Shane Burgos down uh, for long. To be honest with you, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, he's a, he is a dog as well, anywhere else. Too right, mate. Yeah, he's got he's got a really good chin, um, as is evident from that Barbosa situation. But um, as you said, George, yeah, he, he had his moments in the Barbosa fight. He also had his moments in the Cater fight. And Cater's no joke on the feet, like regardless of what happened with Max. That's Max in it. Um, yeah, Calvin Cater is a beast on the feet, and so is Barbosa. Um, and he 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 held his he held his own against them both, even though they both finished him. Up until then, he got a lot of his a lot of his own shots away. His boxing looks pretty crisp, pretty you know, nice and technical. And uh, yeah, he's he's got some great body work. Some of his body hooks that he lands are very powerful. That's great for gassing your opponent out. However, he does get hit a lot, but obviously that goes hand in hand with him having a good chin. Um, another thing that I noticed when I was reviewing some of his his fat fight stats is um, is I'll throw it in here. So none of his UFC fights, he's had more. Sorry, he's not had more control on the ground um, than any of his opponents. Apart from Barbosa, he had three seconds. Barbosa had none, so I won't really count that. But every everyone else has had more control than than Shane, and um, and um, his opponent Quad Quarantillo's grappling Quarantillo. is obviously. Probably his strongest suit, really, isn't it? Like his his wrestlers really strong. I think he averages one and a half takedowns per fight in the UFC so far. So definitely, yeah, yeah. is that he's obviously a jiu-jitsu white belt of... as well. So yeah, he's got he's the got advantage down there. Yeah, he's got a lot of quite a few submission wins. He's also got a lot of KO wins, which doesn't really bode well for my point of Burgos getting hit a lot. 
Um, if someone's getting a lot of KO wins, they've obviously got good technique, got good power, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he can definitely take it to the ground. And Burgos doesn't really shine on the ground, he, like from what I've seen in the slightest. Um, all his fights, he tries to keep standing, which implies, well, it implied that he has, hasn't really got a ground game, but Gaethje tries to keep him all standing as well. So it doesn't mean that he's not got a ground game, but when he's, uh, what's he got? I think he might have like one submission. I think it's an armbar. Uh, whereas his, his opponent has got a good, a good amount of his wins via submission. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's going to, he's going to try and get it to the ground and Burgos might not be able to handle it. What do you reckon? George, what, what do you think about that? Because obviously you've, you've gone the other way, you've gone for Burgos. Um, what, what are you seeing here? Um, you make a lot of valid points. Obviously, Quarantilo's got a really good... That is how you say it, isn't it, Quarantilo? Quarant- yeah, Billy Quarantilo, yeah. Or Quarantilo. Um, depending, depending on how Italian you want to get with it. Yeah. Um, I've seen very limited of him, so I can't really make a very educated decision on how good or how good he is. I know about his credentials, like his black belt. Um, and I know he's good on the ground, obviously, like you said. Um, he, he's good in that department, and we haven't really seen that out of Shane Burgos much. Um, mm. So, I mean, it could go that way. I find it really hard, this one, to call, but I know that I like Shane Burgos, and I know that I think he's a good fighter. So what you showed me against Barbosa was enough for me to think that he probably could take this one, to be honest. Well, I think um, f- sort of swung it for me on this one is just like the point that you normally make, George, about the kind of standard of opponents. I think Burgos has been in there with just a slightly higher calibre of opponent um, so far than Quarantillo. And I think that experience will help him a lot in this one. It's probably a fight that I could see going the distance. So I'm not going to put that bet up um, on this occasion. Another point that I thought was interesting um, and maybe sort of speaks to giving Quarantillo a bit more of a chance is that... Um, Shane Burgos has gone off as the bookie's favourite um, in his last 10 fights. Um, and obviously there's a couple of losses in there to Barbosa and Josh Emmett um, and um, Calvin Cater, etc. So he's always well respected by the bookmakers um, when it comes down to it. And he is 8-15 uh, favourite in this one, Quarantio 7-4. But it also that also says to me is that sometimes he can underperform his expectations and his and his, his betting expectations. Um, so I think Quarantino is a bit of a live dog here personally. Ross sort of alluded to it. His his wrestling is good, jiu-jitsu, black belt. Um, not part of Shane Burgos's arsenal that he really leans on too much, and it's not something that he's shown as much of in the UFC. Um, so if Quarantino is able to exploit that. Then I think seven to four makes him a bit of a live dog in this situation. Yeah, seven to four sounds all right. Um, as I say, is is untested. Um, the these KO and submission wins that I'm on about for Quarantillo, they aren't against UFC opponents. Um, mm. He's, um, yeah, the only recognisable name that I could see that he's beat is Karma Worthy, which I did put him quite high. Like I thought he was decent, but we saw it happen last week when I. Or the other week when I put him <laughs> and he ruined my acting. Um, but so yeah, that's that's the only recognizable name for me that he's beaten. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna start on the feet, obviously, like all fights do. Uh, but I think Quarantillo will eventually try and 
get him to the ground and just work him there and do his thing. Because like irrelevant of his opponents, like if if you've got a jujitsu black belt, you know what you're doing on the ground. And if someone doesn't isn't that highly graded or that highly experienced with jujitsu or wrestling or whatever it might be, then a black belt is obviously going to have the advantage. So if it can get to the ground, then I think it's quite obvious that Quarantilla will, sh- will shine there. And I think it'll be a decision win for him. Definitely Quarantilla's biggest test so far. Um, the UFC have, have got high hopes for him. Um, so they're definitely not throwing him to the wolves with this matchup by any means. Um, the UFC matchmakers will have thought it through carefully because, yeah, like I say, they've got reasonably big hopes for Quarantilla and for Burgos as well, to be fair. Um, so, let's, so it's another good matchup. Um, it's the fourth fight um, down the card. So it'll be the second fight that we'll see on the main card. The first fight that we'll see on the main card is um, another really interesting one in the bantamweight division. Um, a couple of bantamweights we didn't mention earlier when we were talking about number eight ranked Frankie Edgar and Marlon Vera, who I think is number 11 or number 12, maybe. Um, so both... Again, looking to try and make a bit of an impression in that division and, and get themselves some big fights because there are some big fights. We mentioned there's some big fights going in that division um, over, the next, yeah. over the next few months. How do we see this one? Because, yeah, they're both they're both well-experienced UFC fighters. They've both been in there with some reasonably big names with mixed success. How do we see this one playing out? Yeah, obviously, everyone knows Frankie Edgar. He's a legend. 40 years old, he's been around forever. He's had some of the best fights that you'll see. One of his fights, maybe the third fight with Bray Maynard, might not be the third, I think it's the third though. (laughs) The way he comes back from that is absolutely astonishing. Um, You know, he's got wins over the likes of Cub Swanson, Yair Rodriguez, BJ Penn three times, uh, Oliveira back in the day, Jeremy Stevens, a right favourite. So he's been in there with the best and he's beaten a lot of them. He's got losses to like Max, Sandhagen, Ortega, Aldo, and these are all quite recently, um, all these losses. Now, a point that I've picked up on with, <clears throat> with Frankie is he, he never, I don't think he'd ever been knocked out until, who's the first one? Um, who knocked him out first? Um, it was Korean Ortega. Zombie. I'm, was it, it Zombie? zombie? No, it was Ortega's first. Yeah, it was. Ortega it? did knock yeah. him out. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. yeah so... As I say, he's never been knocked out until then, and now he's been knocked out by Ortega, uh, Zombie. That's it. That's it. No, and Corey. Corey. Corey, that's it. Yeah. The fly, yeah. that, fly, that, fly, that brutal flying knee, didn't he? Folded yeah, yeah. him like a deck chair with that flying yeah. knee. So, so this this sort of says to me that now he's getting older and he's he's been knocked out a couple of times. Is he susceptible to it now that he's been now he's been knocked out? So do you know what I mean? But his whole career, he goes not getting knocked out, and then. Towards the end of it, now he's quite now he is old for fighter. He's been knocked out he's in been, two of his last three UFC. That's what I mean. So Marlon Vera, he's not he's not like he's not the best. He, you know, he's not unbelievable. He's not unreal, but he's pre- he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Obviously, beat O'Malley quite convincingly. He had a pretty good fight with Aldo, and Aldo's no joke. Even nowadays, Aldo's looking uh, as good as ever. I'd say, and he yeah. he had a good fight with Aldo. Um, He's got five kill victories, so maybe he could do it. Maybe he could knock him out. Um, and I was, this was something I wanted, wanted to ask you, Adam, uh, if you could find the odds for Malvera knockout, because I couldn't find it for some reason. I think my app was playing up, but it wouldn't let me... Um, I couldn't find that, but it might be worth putting that on, just from the reasons that I've just stated. 
Let's have a look. Depend, for you, depend, shall we? Depend, depending on the odds, that is. That's why I've not committed to it yet. Uh, but other than that, if, if it's not that result, I think Edgar will take a decision win because he's still class. Edgar really, he is still a good fighter. We see he he gave Max a pretty good fight. Um, obviously, he got out class, but it's Max in it, and that went even that long ago. Um, Obviously, he's been knocked out by Sandhagen, but obviously with Sam, Sandhagen in it, no joke. Flying the... <laughs> unless you're purely young, you're not going to Some knockout, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it could be a shout put in uh, Ball of Aaron knockout. Um, have you found the odds? The form's not great, really, on either side, though, is it? Marlon himself has lost... He had a five-fight win streak going, didn't he? And now he's lost four... He's lost two of his last four... Um, obviously lost to Aldo, lost the decision to Aldo and also lost to Songy Dong. So form's not necessarily really great on either side of this fight, is it? No, no, it's not. But as I said, uh, just from Edgar's chin getting tested a few times recently and him being knocked out, and he's old. Vera oh, by KO. Ve- uh, Marlon via finish, so that includes submission, is 15 to 8. Um Marlon Vera just by KO um, or TKO is nine to four. Uh, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Um, what do you think on this one, George? Think decision? Does it go the way? Can you see a finish in this one? Obviously, we just touched on Edgar's maybe questionable chin. Do you think there's something that Cheeto can uh, make the most of? Um. I wouldn't like to call this one, to be honest with you. Vera's one of them guys yeah. who's, who's sort of like not really had an opponent of this quality yet. Um, I don't think you can really say that Frankie's chin is susceptible because he didn't get knocked out for how many years? He, he got knocked out twice recently, yeah. But um, yeah, I'd say two, to being knocked out twice in his last three bouts makes him at least at least questionable on, on that, the chin regard. Like Ross said, yeah, he's that, 40 years old now. That was my point. Like his whole career, he's never been knocked out up until these last couple of years, and now he's been knocked out three times in the space of what two, three years. So that that's that that's why that speaks to me a bit. Do you know what I mean? Overall form, he's also lost five of his last nine um, UFC fights, admittedly to some very very strong opposition. Um, but yeah, I, it's always hard to how do you how do you consider form when you're betting in MMA, but five in nine sort of says to me that, yeah, he's maybe coming to the end and sort of, yeah, the decline has started and maybe that, maybe that, but that, that's what you see. And I think that's what the bookmakers are seeing as well. It's eight to 15 Marlon Vera to win and, and six to four Frankie Edgar. Do we think that's fair? Uh, what is it? Say that again. Six to four Frankie Edgar. So you can get one and a half times your money um, or eight to 15 um, on Marlon Vera, so you get potentially 50% of your stake back ish. I think it's quite fair that, yeah, it's um, it's quite up in the air this fight. Not too sure how it's going to go down, really, because obviously Edgar's a warrior. Um, he's got the experience, but obviously, I think Marlon's going to be a lot hungrier, a lot more hungry. Um, I can see this one going the distance, personally. I know we just talked about how Edgar's chin is suspect. Um, but I just fancy the decision on this one. It's 19 to 10. Um, and I'm going to go Marlon in Marlon Vera's favour um, for a decision on this one. I just think, yeah, the younger guy um, is just going to yeah step past his more experienced um, opponent in this instance. And 
unfortunately for Edgar, yeah, I think this is probably the beginning of the end. So, yeah, but I'm, I, I'd be happily proved wrong because obviously, as you said, Ross, Edgar's a legend and he's been involved in some, in some classic fights down the years. So I'd have no problems watching him throw out a few more classics um, in the future either. Yeah, obviously, he's not what he used to be, but no one's going to be at the age of 40, are they? Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to put that Marlon knockout. I might, I might leave it. I might leave it. But so that I predict, so you're leaving it. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> okay, go on. We'll put it on. We'll put it on. Put it on. Marlon knockout. But if speaking happen, of responsible, yeah. speaking of responsible gambling, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. It's going on. Uh, but yeah, if that if that doesn't happen, then I think Edgar will take the decision. On the contrary to you. Fair enough. So that that just leaves us kind of to wrap up our our overall bets for the week. Um, what are you saying, George, about this one? Who's who's winning? Said no call, didn't you? No call. Sorry, you have skipped. No, call. no, no call. And he didn't. Ross just forgot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> have you got? Have we got Ackers? Because I've already. Yeah. I know you talked about tri- you, Ross. Yeah, you've got your fourfold. You've not got another one. Other than no, that. that's my only Acker that I've got. On. Do you want to run us through that one again, just for the sake of the listeners? So Burgos, Gaethje, Nami Yunus, Osman. That's my. What that's odds my... that? What odds was that? It's a brilliant question. I'm not looking it up Sorry. right now. But I put you on the spot. No, I'm not looking it up right now. I know it. <laughs> uh, it is 4.58 to 1. Okay. Yeah, it's decent. Not yeah. bad, that is it. Yeah, I went with the, uh, the Trevor Triple and as opposed to that, Chandler winning instead of Gaethje, so Chandler, Bros and Musman. Uh, the Trevor Triple comes in at 2.5. Seven five to one, and uh, the other one comes in at five point six eight to one. So neither of you have dabbled on the prelims because I just because to be honest, the prelims is better than some of the yeah. recent fight. I, I have recent, the some of the recent fight night cards. Um, the big one, and I guess it's kind of big news, is um, Alex Pereja makes his first UFC appearance. Who is obviously the guy who knocked out Stylebender. Um, in glory kickboxing a few years ago, yeah. um, so he's in the he's in the main event of the prelims against Andreas Miklidis. Um and then we've also got Ala Quinta um, against Bobby Green. That's a great matchup. Um, Philip Hawes against Chris Curtis. Um, the two middleweights, both big strikers. We got Edmund Shabazian um, against Imovov, and then Ian Gary and Jordan Williams is the first fight on the prelims. Ian Gary is supposed to be the next Conor McGregor, the next big thing coming out of Ireland. Um, obviously a massive fighting nation and the Irish fighting public have very much attached themselves onto Ian Gary. So I'm going to be really interested to see how he gets on in his debut um, against Jordan Williams. Um, and that, I've actually got um, a couple from those prelims in my ACA. Um, I've got Phil Hawes on. Um, I've got Bobby Green on. Um, I've got Alex Pereja in because I think um, the UFC might have um, fed him a bit of a bum in all, of, no, all due respect that he can yeah. uh, make a bit. They've put him in a big spot here, really, haven't they? First fight is pre main prelim fight on the 268 cards. So I think they've put him in a big spot mm-hmm. for a reason so they can try and build him up. So I'm taking... Phil Hawes, Bobby Green, Alex Pereira, Marlon Vera, Justin Gaethje and Kamara Usman all to win um, at 7.24 to 1. 
And I've already mentioned my other double, which was um, Kamara Usman via decision and Gaethje via KOTKO four to one. Um, Ross, do you say you've got one from the prelims as well? Yeah, so I'm sort of covering my back a bit here, uh, but I like the sound of it. Okay, so get this. So I can't see Bobby Green beating Ayakwinta. And I think I think Ayakwinta, he's good on the feet, he's a great wrestler. I just can't see Bobby Green beating him. So for that reason, I've got two bets. I've got Ayakwinta to win and Edmund Shabozian to win. And then my other bet, I've got Ayakwinta to win and Amavov to win. So as long as Ayakwinta wins, I'm getting 40 quid. Because the... Oh, okay, um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So as long as Ayakwinta yeah, yeah. wins, one bet is for Shabazian to win and the other bet is for Shabazian's opponent to win. So as long yeah. as Bob Bobby Green don't get it done, I'm winning. I'm taking you on with then I'm fancying Bobby Green in Mayaka. Um, I've also got a bet on the Shabazian Imovov fight to go the distance at five to four. I think doubling your money on that to go the distance um two wrestlers um and i think it cancels each other out a bit i don't think either of them mm. will get the finish um so I'll take that one at five to four as well who what other single players have we got i've got um marlon vera via decision i've mentioned already at 21 to 10 i've got bit gaichi via ko tko even money um i've got usman to win via decision at 15 to 8 and i've got um usman and covington fight to go the distance at 10 to 11 in the single plays Nice, yeah. My 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 only single is Malvera KO against Edgar. Ardino, any single play? Other single plays from you? Nope. I've just got the draw and then the double up on Rose and Usman to get the finish and then Mayaka this week. Okay, so that's that's it. That's our bets for this week. Um, all that's really left for us to do is wish you the best of luck. Um, remind you to gamble responsibly and only bet what you can afford to lose. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, let us know in the comments, leave us a review. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or SoundCloud, let us know what you thought of this week's show and what you think of your bets, what bets you've got on this weekend. Follow us on our social channels, uh, Octagon underscore odds on Twitter and Instagram and Octagon odds on Facebook. Really enjoyed it this week, lads. I'm looking forward to UFC 268. Thanks as ever for your time. Any final words for us? No, mate, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, I feel I've yeah, we've smashed it today, I think. Yeah. Well done. Well, it doesn't it doesn't slow down really, does it, lads? We had 267 last week. We've got 268 this week. And if I'm not mistaken, we've got Holloway against Yaya Rodriguez um the following weekend. So with Kevin we'll Holland back. and Carl Dorcas back on that card rematch. See what happens there. Sonya Dong's on it going to be yeah, fun boys it's not it's non-stop we'll be back this time next week to hopefully look back on some successful bets from usc 268 and some more profit for the octagon odds lads thanks for joining us again this week and we will see you then cheers guys cheers guys